Well, take your Bible. Turn with me, if you will, this morning to Daniel chapter 1. For those of you who are with us as guests, let me just share with you that we have been involved in a series that we've called Learning from the Testimony of Old Testament Men and Women. And this morning we're going to look at uh, the testimony of Daniel. And if Daniel were with us and he gave his testimony, there are some vital, important things that he would tell us about living in difficult days. The first thing that Daniel would tell us that in the world in which we live, you must be transformed and not conformed to the world. In Daniel 1, you, you really have this illustrated. It begins with the pressure that, that Daniel is under. Nebuchadnezzar has conquered uh, Judah. It is a part of God's judgment, and it is the beginning of the 70 years of captivity that God will use to turn the hearts of his people back to him, to seek him wholeheartedly. But here on the onset, as Nebuchadnezzar has conquered Jerusalem, he sends his chief eunuch to search out the, the people of Israel and to find youth, young men, without blemish, of good appearance, and skilled in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge and understand learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace. In other words, he said, I want you to go, and I want you to find the cream of the crop, the best of Judah and of Jerusalem, young men who are handsome and are smart, and I want you to bring them, and we're going to enroll them in the University of Babylon. And they're going to learn the language and the literature of Babylon. And we're just going to assimilate them into Babylonian culture. And they're going to be able to serve the king. They are going, Nebuchadnezzar is going to use their, his talents to extend his kingdom. And so Daniel is among these young men. Now, as they come to enroll in the University of Babylon, it says that the king says that they shall eat of the king's table the same food that I eat, and they'll drink uh, the same wine that I drink. The only problem is that to eat from the king's table for Daniel and for his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and, and Azariah, means that they would have to violate the word that God had given to Israel about eating unclean food. And so they're in a dilemma. Here they have been taken far from home. They're placed among these other young men and they're given this command that they're going to do this learning, they're going to eat this food. Now, 
that's a lot of pressure for a young person. I mean, there were folks that would say to Daniel, Daniel, listen, don't worry about it. I mean, you're, you're hundreds, thousands of miles away from home and nobody will know it. And if you're going to get ahead, this is the way that you've got to do it. And so there is enormous pressure on Daniel to conform and fit in to get ahead. But Daniel comes to a decision. It's found in verse 8. It says, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Here's a young man who willing, who makes a stand. Here is the word of God. And I'm going to build my life upon what God has said and the promises that he has given and the purposes that he has for his people. And so he resolved that he was not going to just fit in, that he was going to be true to the Lord. And God gave him favor in the eunuch. And so what happens that everybody else that is brought from uh, Judah is sitting around the king's table. They're violating the word of the Lord. They think that they're going to get ahead. But here is Daniel and Michelle and Azariah and Hannah, and they're eating a diet of vegetables. And, and they said, just test us for 10 days and see if it'll work. And so they do it, and they are excelling. And so they keep on the, the, that diet. And, and, and when, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar has them come before him, he finds that, that Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are 10 times ahead of everyone else. Because I want you to know God takes that kind of commitment and he builds character out of it. Let me just give it to you. If you look over at verse 17, and it says, As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all vision and dreams. And then you come down to verse 21, and it says that God takes this man of great commitment and says, and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. That means that Daniel is going to serve in a place of influence and impact from the time of Nebuchadnezzar to Cyrus, which is 70 years. And during that 70 years, the impact of his influence is going to be so great that not only will he provide protection for the Jews during the exile, but he'll bring great blessings to them. His influence will be so great 
that he'll have pagan kings that will have to acknowledge that God alone in heaven is God. Now listen to me. Every day, you and I face pressure and we make decisions. We're either going to build our lives on biblical convictions or compromise the world around us. Students, let me just say a word to you. You live in a, in a world of great peer when you go off to college, it's going to ratchet up ten times. And you're going to make a decision that you're just going to try to fit in with everyone else. Or you'll build your life on the Word of God and let God shape character so that He can use you wherever you are at every age and stage of life. And I want you to know Every one of us face that same pressure. We face whether we're going to focus on comfort and convenience or on godly character being developed in our lives. Here's Daniel. And, and the whole testimony is, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The second thing that Daniel would tell us is that committed friends help you and strengthen you. It's, it's important as you read the book of Daniel that uh, he's not in Babylon alone. He has these three friends, Azariah, Miss Hell, and, and uh, 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 what was the other one? <laughs> you know them better by their, their, uh, their uh, uh, Babylonian name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? When, when my kids were young, I, I played a, a game with them in the car and it was the Bible game we started off with a quarter and then we went to a dollar and then we went to five dollars then we went to ten dollars twenty dollars and a hundred dollars now they could stop anywhere along the way and keep the money they made but they never could and when we get to the hundred dollar question uh, the question was always the same. What were the Hebrew names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And if you can remember Hananiah, Miss Hell, and Azariah, you can make $100 if you ride in the car with me sometime. <laughs> but here are these three friends. And there in Babylon with Daniel in the same type of commitment with him. And so there is the the strength and the encouragement of their fellowship. They, they are there and they, they encourage one another. They strengthen one another. They 
hold one another up. They answer all of the pressure for one another. And so they, they have this fellowship that strengthens one another. And then there is the, the strengthening encouragement of their faithfulness. You, you know the story of, of Daniel 3 uh, when uh, some of the uh, folks that didn't like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego want to discredit them, know their depth of commitment to the Lord, and they say to, to, uh, to, to Nebuchadnezzar, who's always ready to be on the ego trip, it, it, you know, you need to make a command that at the sound of music, everybody in the land stops what they're doing, and they bow down toward your idol, and they worship you. And so he signs it into order. They know that Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah will not do it. And so the music is played, and, 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 and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will not bow down. The king is furious, throws them into the fiery furnace. It is there that the, the king receives the testimony that God alone is God in heaven. And so he sees not three men but four, one like to the Son of God, walking in the fiery furnace. They come out, not any hint of smoke on them, not a, a tinge of, of any aspect of the fire uh, on them. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar has to say, God is God. And it was their faithfulness that was an encouragement to Daniel. I want you to know, you and I desperately need committed godly friends. Let me give you a verse, and it'll be up here on the screen, but you need to mark it in your Bible. You, you need to put a star by it and go back to it time and time again. It simply says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Why don't you read that out loud with me, would you? Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I want you to know that's why it's so critically important for you to be actively involved in the life of the church. Why you need to be in a small group, in a Sunday school class, in a 242 group, or in a discipling relationship with someone. None of us can stand the pressure alone. We need one another. And you need wise people who love Jesus, who are committed to his lordship that will surround you. The third thing that Daniel would tell us, we're hitting some of the most familiar stories to get to the big point at the end. The third thing that Daniel would tell us is that faithfulness in prayer will take you through the tough times. You know the story of Daniel 6. Again, there are those who uh, 
are ungodly in leadership, jealous of the influence uh, that Daniel has, and they come and say to King Darius this time of the Medes uh, that, uh, that uh, he is, should make a decree that no one is to pray to anyone but him for a period of time. They know the dilemma that that'll put Daniel in because Daniel is a man who has such a depth of commitment that prayer is central in his life. In fact, three times a day he has this extended time of prayer. Now Jesus talked about going into your prayer closet and there is a vital principle about that, that, that place of prayer that you just cry out to God but for Daniel prayer is not just crying out to God it's also his witness to a pagan culture of the reality and the greatness of God and so Darius sets this decree that no one is to pray to anyone but to him and if they do, they'll be thrown into a lion's den. And here's Daniel and the decision that he makes. He wakes up the next morning. He opens the shutters. And he kneels down to the Lord his God. And he cries out that God would bless the people in exile. He prays that God will be exalted. He prays that hearts would come to know him. At noon, he opens the shutters. He prays. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he opens the shutters and he prays. And these guys have, have come up with a scheme or run to Doris and says, Daniel isn't praying to you, he's praying to the God of Israel. And Doris recognizes that he has been taken advantage of, but he signed the law, the Medes and the Persians, that cannot be changed. And so he has Daniel arrested and thrown in the lion's den. And the Bible says that, that, that Doris paces all night long. He's worried. I mean, Daniel has been a faithful, godly, influenced, wise, and, and, and he is always speaking the truth. And so Doris is, 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 is just worried, worried, worried. And he gets up the next morning, and he runs to the lion's den, and he has the stone rolled away, and he looks inside, and there says Daniel. And Daniel says, God sent the angel Gabriel and <laughs> shut the lion's mouth. I want you to know that you and I serve a mighty God. We don't need to be intimidated. You know, I've always said, when I... When I uh, <laughs> Go to Walmart and the line's too long. You know what I do? I just start singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. 
had not, the line just kind of thins out in front of me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You and I ought to never, ever, ever be ashamed. Intimidated, no matter who it is. I want you to know we are the people of God. And our God is able to save, to rescue, to strengthen, to encourage. And so that's Daniel. You know, you know all of those stories. But now let's look at uh, what the book of Daniel is really all about in teaching us and what Daniel would tell us. And so the fourth thing that Daniel would tell us, that in all of the pressure that we face, in all of those that try to intimidate us and quieten us, we need to understand, we need to remember that he's got the whole world in his hand. Daniel was able to live a godly life and have a lifelong impact on others he he brings kings to bow their knee to say that Yahweh that the God of Israel is God alone in heaven and he does it because of two great themes that go through the book of Daniel that Daniel believed with all of his heart he believed that God is in control of history and moving history to his purposes. Now I want you to know politicians aren't going to save us. Supreme Court decisions are not our hope. Our hope is that God behind all that happens in human history is the sure hand of God and he's moving it in one direction can I give it to you let me just go through the book of of Daniel under three great themes first of all that our God is sovereign and in control in Daniel 1 it is God who gives to Daniel and his three friends wisdom and knowledge and skill and understanding and promotes them to places of influence for 40 years as his witnesses. In Daniel 2, it is God who changes the seasons, who removes and sets up kings, and it is God who will establish his kingdom that cannot be destroyed and that will stand forever. In Daniel 3, he is the God who uh, uh, can deliver and Jesus who walks with his disciples or with his people through the fire. And then the second section would be our God reigns. Daniel 4, it is God who, who establishes the testimony that on earth heaven rules. It is in Daniel 5 that it is God who numbers the days 
of the wicked. In, in, in Daniel 6, it is God who shuts the lion's uh, mouth and who delivers his people and establishes their testimony and witness. In Daniel 7, it, he is the Ancient of Days who sits on a fiery throne, the everlasting, eternal God who is over all. And then you come to the prophetic parts of the book of Daniel. And here you have the testimony that the big picture of God's plan brings purpose to our lives. Daniel 8 through 12. It is God who gives grace and strength and courage and understanding to his people in difficult times so that we live with the knowledge that everything makes sense because it points to the fact that Jesus is coming again. Amen. That's the big story of Daniel. And you bring it all down to a conclusion. Daniel, because he believed that God is in sovereign control. Because he believed that our God reigns. And that understanding that God has a big purpose and plan that brings purpose to our lives. Daniel had two great biblical priorities in life. The first one was to glorify God in everything. That's what Daniel 1 is all about. That's what the interpreting of the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar are all about, the glory of God, that God is over all and above all. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, talking about how you and I are to glorify God. It says, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Now think about that. If something as simple as my, what I eat, what I drink, my attitude, my thanksgiving, my obedience, has to do with glo the glory of God, Would that say to you that your main purpose at school, your main purpose at work, your main purpose on the farm, your main purpose at home, your main purpose in retirement, no matter where you are, your main purpose is to glorify God. The decisions that you make, the commitments that you keep, the character that you reflect, the testimony that you give, everything is about the glory of God. But we come and we worship and, and 
and I'm so grateful. I, I, I'm so thankful. I, I, I stand and I watch people as we sing about Jesus, and I see some that have hands raised. I see some who stand reverently with eyes closed. I see others with smiles. I see others that have that sense of wonderment. We come together to glorify Jesus, don't we? But we come to do that to encourage us as we leave that wherever we are, whatever we do, we do it to glorify Him. Because that goes with the second priority. Daniel just wanted other people, everyone, that he came in contact with. He wanted to help them come to the knowledge of God who is mighty to save. We just bear witness, don't we? Uh, on the way to church today, there's no place in Memphis that opens early enough for me to buy a commercial appeal. And so uh, there's a guy at, uh, at uh, Germantown and 64 in the medium, sells papers for a dollar instead of two dollars. Of course, you always pay him two dollars, so he has a dollar. And I pulled in there, and I pulled in there this morning, gave him the two dollars. He handed me the paper. I just said, love Jesus, love people. He said, I love Jesus. I didn't know that. You and I just touch lives wherever we are. Whatever we're doing, I'm I, I, I so thankful for your music today. It wasn't displaying talent, it was just sharing Jesus, wasn't it? Next Sunday evening, we're just going to have a special time of dedication for kids going back to school. Not just so they'll have a good time, but that God can use their lives for impact and helping other students come to know Jesus. Here's Daniel. God shapes a life, a young life. Makes a man of godly character. And for 70 years, Seventy years. Kings would bow down. Nebuchadnezzar, that wicked king, would have to bow down and say, there is no God but Yahweh. That's huge. King Darius would have to say to Daniel, your God's the only God. Nobody else can do that. And when that happened, he didn't just say, yeah, that's right. No, he just would share more. 
Here's how you can know him. What Daniel wants us to know is that all life makes sense. When you are committed to follow the Lord with all of your heart.